Dolphin the best, number one. It's the GOAT of sports apps. Talk about the greatest of all time. Big Joe's the greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. We know it. <laughs> I, I'm going to say right. I'm the Djokovic of this scenario. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Download the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball. Delighted to have the Donegal boxer Jason Quigley live in studio back in with us. How are you keeping? Good lad, good. Delighted to be back in with you. How's things? Keeping well. You were at uh, Madison Square Garden. Edgar Berlanga uh, retained the NABO Super Middleweight title, but a, a really impressive performance. I think everyone will agree from, from yourself. How do you feel off the back of it? Yeah, um, coming around a bit now to it, it was um, obviously, you know, it was disappointing. Yeah. Like, um, coming away at the, the wrong end of the decision. But since I've come home and since, you know, I have read a few comments and listened to a few people and not too many people because <laughs> sometimes you can listen to too much, but, um, you know, people close to me and people that opinion that I respect, um, it's weird because everyone's coming up saying, well done, congratulations. Mm. Do you know, um, I was just so happy with the performance um, in terms of... I think I put a bit of respect and a, a marker back on my name again. Mm. You know, after the Andrade fight, in boxing there's a great saying, you're only as good as your last fight. <laughs> you know, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that'll resonate with. And for me, you know, with the Andrade fight, yes, it was great fighting for a world title and, and there's not many people get to do that. But going out the way that I did, it just didn't sit right with me. Mm. And, you know, people kind of hold you to that that oh, I fought for a world title but it was over in two rounds or whatever you know so I really wanted to put a marker back on my name put a bit of respect back on my name and I believe that I did that with the last fight and the last performance you know in Madison Square Garden that respect that you were felt a little bit of had been lost after that fight where was that because I think you know in this country people have huge admiration for the way you go about your business is that is that within boxing circles or actually is it in your head um, I think it could be a wee bit of both, to be honest. Um, like, I'm a firm believer and, you know, I've really, over the last couple of years, tried to get to that place where I don't really let the opinion of others or anybody else's comments kind of hamper me or, or get to me. But this is this is the sport that I do like you know I've done this sport since I was 11 10 years of age I've dedicated and sacrificed my whole life to this sport and to reach the pinnacle of fighting for a world title and coming away maybe not on the right end of it and kind of seeing that little bit of respect that little bit of uh, credit taken away because of the the result and the way the way that I lost that fight I suppose it just didn't sit too well with me and I think it was inside the boxing circle probably more so than outside the boxing circle um, but yeah I really wanted to, to you know to put that mark down again and to be like you know this is boxing these things mm. can happen like you know one shot can change everything and that's what happened then Draddy fight but you know I wanted to come back and show my worth show show people what, what I'm capable of and how good I am was that the first, am I right in saying that's the first time you've gone 12 rounds? Yeah, first time I've gone 12 rounds. Um, Is that a big difference? Like, or how did it feel to, to do it for the first time? 
It's actually kind of enjoyable. Right. I don't know anybody watching it. <laughs> like the pain. Yeah, yeah, I might think a little bit different, but, you know, there's a there's a sense of, like, achievement going 12 rounds, like, because that is the championship mm. rounds, like, 12 rounds is championship right. rounds. And in terms of fitness-wise and in terms of, you know, how you're feeling, <laughs> it just, like, you've done all the work in the gym. And once it gets to that 10 round, you know, you've done 10 rounds for you, like two rounds. You always have two rounds in the bag. Like, you know, you can always pull it out of somewhere. Whereas for me, you know, uh, I, I think we got into the seventh or eighth round and I was like, Jesus, this is going, you know, this is going smooth. Like, yeah. this is going feeling good, fresh, plenty of energy, plenty of fitness about me. So, um, yeah, I loved uh, I enjoy going the 12 rounds now, definitely. Does it? Does the fitness have to be... You have to ratchet that up a bit because you're in some nick, like even in the, the weigh-ins and stuff. Uh, like uh, maybe maybe similar to previous fights, but certainly to the untrained eye, it looked like you were in a serious nick. <laughs> to be honest, I kind of got asked this question um, before, you know, a couple of days ago, and it's been strange because I've actually not toned back my training, mm. but have been more. I suppose you could say more assertive with the training that I do do and I think that's the confidence in the team that I have around me you know whereas before I was always training you know you're always thinking that you have to be doing this and you know you, you, resting was like something lazy do you know what I mean whereas resting is one of the most important things if you're training mm. and if, if there is any young kids or anything out there watching this like it's not all about how much you do it's how good you do what you do do. Yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Um, and th- and that was something for me. Like when I was growing up, like all sometimes, like I said, Dandy in this camp, like I believe sometimes that maybe I was overtrained previously because, and that's no fault to coaches or anything like that. That's my own fault. Like always thinking that overtrained physically and mentally because always thinking that I got to be going, going, going all the time. Like taking a rest, no, that's no good. You know, you got to keep pounding it all the time. So for me. Um, this the structure of the training kind of changed maybe not as many sessions but the sessions that I do do are 100% and they're fully committed fully focused and I think that's what kind of got me into that fight and into into the way in the ring everything in such great shape because you know I was mentally fresh and physically fresh I assume you're better conserving energy during a fight as well with a bit of experience definitely you know Whenever you're, whenever you're young and just want everything here now and just right in front of you, <laughs> you know you can you can get caught up in the moment. Um, you can get caught up in things big time during a fight because in a fight so many things can happen, so many things can can come into play that you're not ready for, like cuts, knockdowns. Um, fight might be going the way that you thought it would be going mm. and that can panic fighters and, and yes it has panicked me in the past but you know I'm in a real great position now uh, with the team that I have around me as I was saying you know great confidence great stability great foundation there that when I get in there now I know I have 12 rounds and in my last fight there like got knocked down I think it was the third round and right away I was like Legs are good, head's not dizzy, boom, I'm 100%. Right. Looked into the corner, dead on, we're good. Like, How much 
because uh, I've never stood in a ring and I never intend to stand in a ring. <laughs> I will get you in someday. <laughs> uh, it wouldn't be good for anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It lasts about three seconds uh, as I run out. Uh, how much thinking can you do in the ring? Like, how aware of you are you of your, you know, when you're in that zone, when you're in the fight, when you're in the three minutes in a round, how aware of you of everything that's happening away from just the man stood in front of you? Um, I think that'll be different to every fighter that you talk to. Um, but for me, I suppose I can talk from early in my career and where I'm at now in my career. Whereas I remember, like, I would have heard every shout in the crowd or, you know, somebody ringside or, you know, been listening out for these kind of things. Whereas now I hear absolutely nothing. Wow, right. Like, I am just zoned in and just the blinkers on. All I'm worried about is the game plan that we've set out, who's in front of me. And how do I execute that? And is that just experience, or is that something that you worked with with your team to not have those distractions? That is experience and stuff that I've worked on with my team. You know, this is stuff that we have worked on massively over the last probably two years, and I can really start seeing it coming to fruition now. Mm. You know, I can really start seeing it... There's no other evidence than whenever you go and do it and you can feel it and you can see it and you can see the the positive side of it and the, the effects of it. So for me, it was um, it, it, it definitely is something, you know, look, you always wish you had this early on in your career, but you'll never get to get these opportunities to have them unless you go through the times that you need to know, right, I need this in my career, I need to do this or, you know, see the changes yourself. I think you hit Berlanga with a, a strong right hand towards the end of the, the sixth round, I think, just before the bell, and a good seventh round as well. Like at that point, are you thinking, I could do this here? Yeah, I think it was. Um, yeah, I think it was the, the sixth round that I caught him with that right hand that they had <laughs> they had a lovely clip off. <laughs> um, Once the highlights reached. Yeah, definitely. Just pity he didn't end up on his back. <laughs> but that's the way it goes. Um, yeah, you know, I really felt that I was coming into it. It was actually after the knockdown. Yeah. That I think it's like in, in fights, the fights sway. So like when somebody knocks you down, they're on a bit of a, they're on a bit of a buzz. Mm. They think they have the upper hand. And next thing, after the knockdown, and I come out to him and I have a strong posture, I'm looking at him, I'm like, let's go here, there's a fight on. It can really change the dynamic because one minute he thinks that he has you down and out and gone, and the next minute you're looking in front of him, 10 seconds later, ready to take his head off again. <laughs> Do you know? So that can really swing the dynamic of a fight, and I think that's what happened in that fight, you know, when whenever I got knocked down and, and got up and and he seen the he seen the desire you know he seen he seen the fight in me, and he knew that I wasn't going anywhere anytime soon. So that was kind of when I think it swinged a little bit and I started getting on top. I started out boxing him, started landing my jab. Everything was starting to flow nicely mm. uh, coming into that, and then having Andy in the corner, of course, as well. You know, so calm, so collected. You know, and and that's the way. Maybe all their fighters are different, but to get a message across, to get your, your fighter to listen to you, to hear you, you know, if you come in roaring and shouting, right away he's going to panic, he's going to go all over the place, he's going, jeez, yeah. what's going on here? Mm. Whereas, you know, you come in and you sit down and you talk to him as if you're having a coffee and, you know, like, that's when you start listening, that's when you absorb, that's when you take everything in, and that is what Andy's so great at. 
you know, just getting the simple points across, and it was so effective, I thought. Some of the now, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of the, the boxing journalists and people who have also watched the fight would have said a couple of the scorecards, maybe a little bit... Um, Dubious is, is one of the words I want to use. So you're on the canvas four times, two of those were in the final round, but obviously he's going in search of a stoppage at this point. Um, and even one of the knockdowns I could maybe call yeah, dubious yeah. as well. But So the final scorecards are 106-108, 106-108, 118-106. Strange, I think, for anyone who's watched the fight, and obviously we're coming from an Irish perspective, but it did seem strange. I, I don't know what your Yeah, like, was. you know, the zone, like, and... Berlanga was the A-side, you know, he was the matchroom debutant and, mm. you know, it was his big show in Madison Square Garden in, in New York. And um, Dazone actually had me, I think it was level or up going into the last round. Right. Do you know what I mean? And that, the difference. Like, you know, yeah. and this is a real controversial thing around boxing. Like, how do you score fights? Do you mm. know, do you, do, you, do you score the aggressor? Do you score the the clean puncher? Um, it's so... I'm sure you know, look, he's, or you see this kind of stuff happening all the time with, you know, people communicating with the, the judges and the decisions and stuff like this here. So it's, it's something that we knew we were up against it mm. going into New York. Um... And going into Madison Square Garden, where he's from, because in two or three of his previous fights, it's been similar. <laughs> fights have been a wee bit closer than the scorecards are suggesting. But look, there's only so much that I can control. You know, I can't control the judges. I can't control what they think, what they write down. But the only thing I suppose that I can control is if I knock them out and take them out of their hands, which obviously. Unfortunately, didn't happen. But you know, I did did what I could, and a lot of things did go in his favor. And look, I'll never make excuses or anything like that. The the man won on the night, um, but you know, two of the knockdowns, one of them definitely, um, one other of the knockdowns mm. more like a, a push, a kind of shove down, and it was counted. Few low blows here and there that he was throwing in as well. Could have got a warning for and could have swung it the opposite way by me getting a few points but that's look the way it goes and, and you have to just kind of play the cards you're dealt there and then and now is I suppose the time that you kind of look back and see so you really think yeah exactly you know uh, do you t- can you talk to the judges afterwards can you get feedback from them as to why they scored it a certain way I'm sure you can um, I have never done it um, I haven't really heard of anybody doing it yeah. but you know there's like there's a backstage where the commission and where the judges and referees and everybody hang out you can say like do you know what I mean so um, I'm sure you could and you see these judges and referees at fights I have a, I have a great relationship with a lot of the uh, referees um, over in California and anytime you're at the fight you know you could meet them and you could easily say to them, yeah. you know. But one thing that, that, that I will say now when, when I'm here is that I would love to see in boxing, like, say before the fight, judges' instructions of being, right, it's going to be the aggressive fighter that we want to judge today or it's going to be the uh, clean puncher that we want to judge today. It's going to be the quality of the shots, not the quantity of the shots. Do you know? And then after... They're told this in advance. Of the yes, fight, because I remember that this used to happen in... Um, 
amateur setup. Mm. Um, there used to be a, a meeting for the judges before the actual competition, whether it's the Europeans, Worlds, Olympics, whatever it is, there'd be a meeting and they'd be saying, we're going to be scoring the body shots because body shots and computer scoring was never really scored mm. much. And I remember one fight that I went in and scored, like I was throwing body shots because I knew that was what they were going to be scoring. And landed a whole load of body shots and then the next fight... And when then the lad, the whole load of body shots came out after the first round, and not one of them was scored. Do you know? So I would love, I would love for judge, and I know it's very difficult, but I would love for judges or the boxing committees to come out and say, you know, on this show tonight, we're going to be scoring like the aggressive yeah. fighter or the boxing fighter or whatever way that it is, or just say what they're going to be looking for mm-hmm. and what the and then what the reasoning is behind their scoring, you know. After it is one of the most key things. Like, why did you judge that fight that way? Mm. You know, have like, have like a referee, ju- uh, a referee judge podcast. Yeah. After it, like, do you know what I mean? To sit down. I, I should have started that. Hope nobody steals my idea there. But you know, have like a podcast or have like a a show. Whereas after a fight that judges and referees come down and explain it and in order to be so insightful for boxers for coaches for managers for promoters for the general public then watching it as well mm. it's an interesting one that, that that would definitely clear a lot of things up for yeah. boxing fans even <laughs> but then would it be as much crack then where you couldn't get on Twitter and if, start if slagging maybe, a new one would go, <laughs> yeah. if maybe the fairest results was called in every fight yeah. what would we talk you about know. then <laughs> What, you just turned 32, was it? Yeah, just turned 32. Uh, So you're at that stage that uh, if there is a defeat, you know what questions are going to be coming afterwards. At the way you've been talking suggests that retirement isn't on the cards? Yeah, so obviously, um, 32 years of age now and recently married, you know, getting into that stage of my life now where it's time to settle down, put the feet up and (laughs) all that, carry on. But for me... um, don't get me wrong, there has been stages, you know, especially after the Andrade fight and stuff like that, where I was like, but that was more like when you're on the downer, you're like, I just don't want to say it online, but if that's all the thing, you know what I mean? Um, what's the point in it and all that there? But those are stages that you, you go through. Um, but with my last fight, as soon as I touched down in Dublin on my way home, and the whole drive back to Donegal, all I wanted to do was just get back in the gym <laughs> and keep working on what me and Andy, Shane, Gary, Sean, the whole team has been working on throughout the whole training camp. It was like it, it was it was kind of like the that that it was a sport that I just started that I was learning again. Right, you know that I was like. Right, I want him because I know I can do this better. And and in that fight, I did put up a great performance. I did do well. All that there kind of stuff was said about it. But coming away from that fight, I know I have another couple of gears in me. Mm. And I never really seen that before in any of my previous fights. Whereas this one, I seen, you know, if I can continue these training camps continue fighting frequently I know I can get another few gears out of me and I think that is just kind of with the team that we we have around us now and I suppose the the structure that we have going now that 
everything is really starting to fall into place. Um, and as I says, like all I wanted to do was get back in the gym. Like and me and Andy, were, we went back into the gym yesterday morning. You know, did a few things and just kind of went over some of the stuff that we that we did do well in the fight and you know on the pads and and it just felt good. Like you know, as I says, it feels like I'm learning something again and I have a real kind of desire to get even better and. I never thought I'd be saying this at 32 years of age and at this stage of my career. But it's incredible, I, really, isn't it? Like, yeah. I don't think anyone who's ever come into contact with Andy Lee hasn't come away from a conversation yeah, yeah. feeling better yeah. about themselves yeah, yeah, and better yeah. about life. But the way you're talking about him throughout this conversation, it, it yeah. sounds as though he's had a huge impact on you. I never really... Um, I never really, I suppose, understood or realised the effect that he did have on me until he was actually there. Mm. in America with me for that fight um, because you know when you're in LA and you're you know doing a lot of it on your own do you know what I mean you're, you're kind of calling the shots about where you're going to eat and where you're going to train and do this here like because in professional boxing you're kind of your own boss sometimes and the kind of final say is on you whereas this time around you know with Andy Shane Gary, Sean, we, we had a great full team. April was even there, you know, part of the team. And it was just fell into place lovely. And Andy, you know, was, I don't want to say taking control, but, you know, he was calling the shots in terms of, like, where we would eat, you know, where we would go training, you know, what time we doing this, what time. Whereas all that just took the the mental energy off of me, like, you know, trying to think mm-hmm. about this, trying to think about that. Whereas... I was just able to chill in the room with April, watch a bit of Netflix. It was, it was yeah, yeah, and and that's the positive distractions that you need, and that's something that me and Shane have been working on. You know, in between, like you don't need to be hemmed up about the fight twenty four seven because you'll be drained. Like you know, you just need to be switched on, ready to go whenever the time comes. And uh, Shane O'Sullivan, he's a um, a good friend of mine. Firstly, that we have uh, we have on the team now. Um, sports psychology and everything, you know. So uh, Shane's been been a massive addition to the team as well, and uh, yeah, we've all blended in brilliantly together. And we had it. Look, it was a great week in New York. You know, we really had uh, we really had good fun as well while we were there. Uh, we enjoyed it. You know, the 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 face off, the press conferences. It was probably my first time as well coming up somebody that's mouthy like. And <laughs> what was he saying? Uh, he was just, he, honest to God, like he wasn't making sense at all Anytime he was speaking. Like, he was, like one of the things that he kept saying to me was, oh, this is my city, this is my city. Like, and I don't know, like, I did geography at school, like, but I don't know, was he trying to give me a geography lesson? Like, I knew it was in New York. I knew he was from New York. Yeah. Uh, and he just kind of kept saying this stuff over and over again, but it was... Uh, I actually really enjoyed it. Like, I, I really, really enjoyed... Did you give him a bit back? I did, like, but kind of not in a in a mouthy way. Like, I just, you know, like, I was like, I know what you're saying. <laughs> like, well, take, him to, uh, take him to Bally Buffet for the rematch and just be like, this is my town. Aye, exactly. <laughs> take, him, take him back over here. Yeah. This is this is McCool Park. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the wind blows round. Aye, and what else? He, he kind of said something to, you know, he was just like, he loves to talk and he loves to be out there. And I spoke to him after it and we, it's part of the game, you know, the, the hype and the build up yeah. and all that. I spoke to him after it. Lovely fella down there. It's good skin do you know what I mean but you know in the build up and all he's like yeah and, and Ireland's my city and all like, like 
Not a city. <laughs> <laughs> I it's my city. Do you know? But like, that's a laugh in his face. Yeah, it's. Um, but it was good. I really enjoyed. You know the the, the face off, and it was. It brought an extra, an extra wee bit of excitement and bite to it, so they're definitely. You've been great with your time, Jason. I, I, I guess you're looking for that. I know the Shane Mosley fight was a couple of years ago now, but th- that famous scene where you dropped to your knees, and I, I know the crowd was a bit eerie in Vegas because of the, I think COVID was only yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. coming to an end. I suppose you want a repeat of that moment, but with, with yeah, with, with definitely. More fans. You know, we're we're in this for glory. Like, do you know what I mean? We're not in here just to just to show up and give it a go like we're we're in here for glory and yeah those are those are the nights that, that that I that I want back and that I believe like boxing is a sport that if you do not believe that you can have glory nights and you cannot be successful get the hell out of there like mm. you know it's not a sport to be to be in there for the sake of it or to say I'm a boxer or to say you know anything boxing is is a very difficult sport um, and it's something that you need to have confidence in yourself to, to stick at it and to go at it and you know I've really found a new a new kind of lease of confidence and a lease of uh, I suppose progression mm. that as it says you know I never thought I'd be saying this at, at this stage of my career and at this age like but yeah it's uh, it's exciting yeah sounds like that drive from Dublin Airport to Donegal and lock something <laughs> I definitely you definitely in your yeah, head yeah yeah uh, listen Jason always a pleasure Thanks nice for, one. Thanks Thank for you, Slad. Cheers for having me in. We'll catch up again, no doubt, very soon down the line before the next one, maybe. 100% for that, right? Great stuff. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball.